0: Episode 185 Jody Medland Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. It is time to awaken Invite you to my live event one month away, all about the world's experts sharing how to achieve more and take massive action and really awaken your alpha in 2016. The New York Times best-selling author of Mastery, The 50th Law with 50 Cent, and his best known book, The 48 Laws of Power. Robert Green is secured as our big name coming to the event May the 27th and 28th. There's only 50 seats available. So head over to ayalpha.com forward slash awaken. Right. Good morning, everyone. We have a brilliant one for you today. It's all about writing and creative writing and just really becoming the master of your craft. We have Jody Medland on the line. He's worked as a freelance writer in London for more than a decade. He's collaborated with various brands, well-established names. His work began in television where he wrote commercials for clients at there's The Times, Kellogg's, Viacom, Trident, Nickelodeon, MTV, T-Mobile and Sky, so some really big names. Jody continued his growth by writing several short films that were shown to much acclaim at BAFTA. In 2012, Jody won a gold medal for his at the prestigious Race for Apps competition in London for his live-action interactive game, Track the Ripper, which we're going to find all about in the interview. And in 2013, Jody wrote his debut feature film, The Adored, which went on to enjoy it worldwide distribution, winning best film at the Durban Film Festival in South Africa, as well as earning three official selections in Poland, Germany, and the USA. Jody will be releasing his debut paperback novel, The Moors, okay? He's a member of the full member of the Writers Guild of Great Britain. Um, as we just talked about before the interview, his passion is all about writing and then directing films is I think where we're, he's gonna be going forwards into. But firstly, it's early morning for both of us. Jody, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I absolutely am, Adam. Thank you so much. No worries. I mean, is there anything you'd like to add to sum up or take away from your intro or anything you'd like to highlight?
1: Um, To add, I mean, I guess what you can see there um, within the kind of body of work I've done is it's quite varied. Um, That wasn't done on purpose necessarily. I mean, I moved to London 14 years ago. The intention was to write and direct feature films, Uh, but you do learn quite early on that it's not as simple as that. Films in the UK generally don't really make money, so it's pretty difficult to stand any chance at all of getting your funding and things. Uh, You really do need to build up some kind of body of work that lets people trust um, that you can deliver on what you're saying you can. And generally, you know, there's only a couple of avenues into that, so... What I did is I, I just got work experience on commercials and things because they do happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, okay. um, and there's a lot of TV, sort of, you know, continued drama, EastEnders, Hollyoaks. And these are actually viable ways to get into, into writing. If you're trying to just work on your own original work, it's incredibly difficult. So I ended up doing a lot of varied things just to really get to where I'm going. And I'm, I'd still say I'm only really halfway there. And like I said, this is 14 years in. So <laughs> it does take a lot of dedication. If if you want to be a writer for a living, um, particularly with films and TV and things, you know, be prepared
0: to work yeah. What comes across from that is obviously you've got your goal, you you obviously want to be a writer and continue being a writer, but then obviously the path to where you're going, your ultimate goal with writing, you know, is varied and, you know, it changes and um it looks like you, you know, you've got that entrepreneurial spirit. What would you say is a key aspect of uh, why you are so good at writing and creative writing and have you managed to do so well over the years in this industry? What are you, some, just some quick, I'm sure we're going to dig more into it, but what are some some things that you think you bring to writing basically
1: it is a strange thing because when i look back i mean i was literally the kid at school that had no idea what i wanted to do everyone else seemed to know what they want so they they were going to college they had their idea in their mind of where they would be and i honestly i was a bit worried when i was about 14 15 mm-hmm. you have to make these career decisions and i just didn't know um but when I look back, it actually was very clear that I was going to be a writer. I mean, English was the only thing I excelled at. Um, my teachers would always say sort of my ability to create original concepts and stories was so completely strong that it was something that was always picked out. Um, if you read my school reports, they were always like, "Jody cannot concentrate. It's um, <laughs> very occasionally loud and disruptive um, and disruptive, sorry, but. said his english skills his writing skills his creativity is incredibly strong um
0: i was gonna say like like you say now looking back on it from an outside perspective even for yourself it probably it it stands out as pretty obvious that's the sort of thing you're gonna the area you're gonna get into then
1: yeah um i I think so and honestly i I feel like it's something that i was supposed to do It, it wasn't really a choice um and so it's hard sometimes to you know give advice on why you should do something because if you're just naturally strong at an area maybe you should just you know look at it and consider it as a career. Um, yeah. I just think like you know when I'd left school which was quite a, quite a while ago now unfortunately um, <laughs> in, in Barnstable in North Devon it, they just weren't very clued up on what to do like with writing they didn't really have anything to, to recommend to go into so that was the hard thing was leaving school at a time when there was no real guidance or advice and just yeah. having to figure that out yourself. But I feel like I always should have been doing what I'm doing now. Like I said, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I did go to college, yeah. mainly because my friends were going to college. It was a very eye-opening period of my life um, because what actually happened is I, I clashed quite often with my head of... My head of media was the head of film and he actually run the whole class. Oh, blonde. um and because like,
0: like spending too much time with someone sometimes there can be issues, can't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two <glasses.
1: laughs> Absolutely. We absolutely were spending too much time together. Um <laughs> which kind of wouldn't have been as bad if we didn't clash majorly, you know, but we did fall out on a lot of things and I Ooh. I I just feel like he was he was someone that had tried and failed to get where he wanted in his mm. career. Um and I don't want to say that that's true of all teachers because I don't believe that at all. Mm-hmm. this particular teacher I think was quite bitter towards people that did show promise, but it did make me think, do you know what? We had an argument one day and he said, you, you would never make a filmmaker. And I think that for me was a big trigger because I actually thought, you know what? I I could, and I know yeah. I could. um, so then, I just wanted to save a bit of money. I went to London and I made a, a super low-budget feature film, um, which is terrible. I would
0: never show it to you because. It's- but you know, you've got it to get to the films you've done now. You've got it. You've got to get that first one out of the way. You've got to start taking action. Because exactly. a lot of things people don't do. That's- it's exactly That's- that.
1: And um, just the process of writing something, going to the city, casting actors, and actually making something that is tangible and that at the end you have in your hand and you can show people. It was such a you know, big thing for me. It was so addictive that I thought this was something in this. I think I can do this.
0: Is there a sort of like an alpha quote or a quote that you'd like to read your life, uh, read your life, live your life by? I mean, I just
1: think that if you're going to do something, do it completely. And I think that's such a powerful thing to live by because you can spend so much time just umming and ahhing and thinking, you know, should I do this? And sometimes when you're not sure about something, you do it without conviction. And in my view, I just, I think you shouldn't be doing it at all, if that's the case. If you're going to do something, give it a real good go. Like, give it everything. And then you'll find out in a shorter space of time whether it is actually for you or not. So that's kind of what I try to do.
0: Um, when did it start to change? I mean, it sounds like when you went to London and started, you know, actually doing it and making making a film and getting involved that way, that's when it started to change. But is that, what you say, finally awakened you? Or when, when would you say that you started to have what, what would be considered either by yourself or people at some level of success?
1: Um, well, certainly the first film I made was when my eyes were opened and I thought, you know what? I, I think I need to leave North Devon. I think I need to go to a bigger place. Um, I did fall in love with London pretty quickly. Um, I had one of my older brothers lived there and whenever I visited, I sort of didn't want to go back. Yeah. Um, so that for me was a good sign, a good starting point. I thought, let's get to London, uh, save a bit of money, get there and make some contacts and just make inroads that way. So I went there with no real plan other than the fact I knew I had a strong passion for writing and directing. Um, the first success, I think, uh, it was only a, about a year or so after I moved to London, I made a short film uh, called Over the Edge and it did incredibly well. Like um, We shot it on film as well, so it looked beautiful again i was writing and directing exactly what i wanted to do for that and the film did so well like it was shown at bafta it got it won a few awards on the circuit like um and i really felt ready just to go and start writing direct and feature films and honestly i think about 20 21 years old i was like yeah that's gonna happen uh, <laughs> but then of course there's a lot of stumbling blocks still um so it's yeah.
0: interesting, though. But when it went when it went well for you was obviously when you were creating something yourself from scratch. So then, like you said, there isn't anyone holding you back, and you've just gone out there. And I think to a certain level, anyone if they want to if they want to do something create, they can go out there and do it to, for themselves to initially get get started and get get some recognition and start heading off down that path. Oh, definitely, definitely. In 2013, your feature film, The Adored. How did that come about? And uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Again, like it was it was a strange thing because. There's, there's a film, for example, I'm working on at the moment, and I've been working on it for 10 plus years trying oh, to get my it made. <laughs> um, and sometimes, you know, you'll see a film um, and you hear these kind of stories, how long it took behind the <laughs> scenes. Um, but The Adored was literally written, shots, edited within the space of six months. Oh man,
0: that must be satisfying. Like you said, that seems confusing. Completely- yeah. Away from the norm of what you hear,
1: but proves he yeah. It was it was strange, and it was also at a time when, in my head, I told myself I wasn't going to do any film stuff. I was just going to focus on books. But then, yeah, I got a call actually from my my older brother, who's a director, um, and he had directed and produced his first feature
0: film that did incredibly well. Yeah, did your brother direct the the Adored? Did I, I think I saw that. He I did, saw a yeah. Medland in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um and he called
1: me uh quite out the blue and and he said look i'm trying to do my next feature film he wanted to shoot something in january or february well this was december we had this conversation <laughs> um so <laughs> he came to me and said we need a script a good script um but we can shoot for hardly any money with very few actors in it that was the brief <laughs> and i was like oh fantastic so much to play with there um <laughs> And no, but the big stumbling block was we'd kind of unofficially agreed not to work together because we are like chalk and cheese. We do fall out. Um, yeah. yeah, so it that's was, probably
0: why you want to do it quick, like pulling a plaster off, just <laughs> get <laughs> in
1: and out before it, you know, gets what it, it probably worked out better that way. But I knew it would get made, so I thought, you know, if it's going to get me my first IMDb credit, let's go for it. So we did.
0: Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. When it comes to uh, sort of writing, I want to dig into sort of like the, the alpha round. You've been a tutor for this sort of thing and you've taught about this. What are some key things, if someone's listening and they, they like writing or they just want to, maybe they don't want to be a, a full-on writer to your level, but they just want to improve their writing skills or their interest in it. What are some key concepts when it comes to either writing a, an interesting or, a, you know, a page turner of a novel or a a script? What are some key things, some key sort of building blocks or things that people get wrong and things that you you really need in there?
1: I think something people often get wrong is they try to second guess the industry. So um, I'm going to first talk about if someone's actually trying to write something that they believe can get made. Um, A lot of people like Twilight will come out so they'll go and write sort of a vampire teen, (laughs) you know, and the thing is the minute that happens... the the industry is inundated with that kind of material. Mm -hmm. Of course, a trend can really help what you've written, but to write something properly, to give it the time and attention that it deserves, it really just should be something that you are passionate about, something that you really think is going to make a good film or book or whatever it is you're writing. There has to be a reason why you're doing it, other than the fact you're trying to sell it. Um, And yeah, sometimes it really backfires because it can take, say six months plus to create a good script. Yeah. Well, if I start writing now, you know, Twilight when it's just come out, then by the time I'm, I'm showing it to people and it's good enough to show to people, it's probably moved on to something else. So yeah. that's that's quite a common, I, what I would say, mistake. Um, yeah, so write something you're passionate about and then keep doing that. And before you know it, you're going to have a catalog of work. So whatever is the trend thing, you can kind of push out more to people. Um, and as long as they're interested in your writing and you as a, as a writer, they'll, they'll be interested to see your other stuff as well. So it's kind of the best thing is, is just, I think, work without the sale in mind, I guess. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, when it comes to writing a, a book, is there a system you use or a sort of a structure you use? Or I mean, how long did it take you to write The Moors, for example?
1: So The Moors was an interesting one. It was actually the first screenplay I ever wrote. Um, so I wrote the script, yeah, again, about 14, 14 or 15 years ago. Okay. Um, but only last year did I think, Do you know what, I'm going to write it as a book. Yeah. Because I just felt the time was right and I thought it could be a good project. Um, and I had Penworks Media, my publishing company, and I just thought I want a good, solid book that I could put out for the first paperback and really Press it and launch it in the right way. Um, so it actually took about six weeks to turn it into a book, to adapt it into a book, and then it's taken about another six months to sort of send it out to people, get notes, re edit it, and get it to a stage where I'm actually happy now for it to go out. Anyone that does listen um, and is interested, just go to penworksmedia.co.uk or you can just follow us, Penworks Media, on Facebook, Twitter. Um, and any giveaways and things that are happening at the time, of course, they'll be able to see.
0: Well, this is our Yoda question as well. I mean, apart from a, a teacher that you didn't get on with, and he kind of just laid the gauntlet down. Who helped awaken your alpha? I mean, there's, there hasn't been any obvious figures there. It could be, it could be several people. On that note, I actually want to ask who, who's your sort of favourite writer or favourite director? Who's someone you think actually they've got their they got their shit together? <laughs>
1: I tell you, when when I was growing up, um, M. Night Shyamalan.
0: Uh, oh, awesome! Yeah. That is, yeah, that's a writer director blind me. Yeah, he he, he yeah, is he's... His mark, doesn't he? You know uh, You start to literally uh, around that phase when he was really hot. It was kind of like, oh, this is one of his films. Kind of didn't really find out much about it because I didn't want to know too much, but just thought, oh, it's one of his films. Kind of know what the sort of sort of thing to expect, and that it's going to be quality, and I'll just go and see it. Now. I'll, yeah, that's awesome. So. Yeah,
1: I, I I do remember specifically the moment. I mean, I was still living in Devon, and I went to see The Sixth Sense. I mean, that is such a great film. Um, yeah. And I just remember like when the reveal came at the end, like just the the hush in the cinema in the auditorium, like the gasp that went around. Mm-hmm. And I remember that feeling and just thinking, "Wow, that's that's power. If you can create something that does that to to this kind of crowd, I mean, that's that's incredible." And So, yeah, I keenly followed his career ever since. I think he had some great highs. He's kind of gone on a bit of a down lately.
0: What did you think of Devil? Because I really liked that. Yeah, I
1: I enjoyed it. I definitely did enjoy it.
0: Um, Again, again, for me, that was very different for me, I thought.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't enjoy it to the same level as his earlier stuff, I have to admit. But, yeah, I I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was good. Um, And, you know, I, I just think as a filmmaker, he does sit down and he is... A craftsman when it comes to story, and that for me, I I really like character-driven things. Things, but just completely revolve. I I mean, Signs is a great example of how you can take a concept. It's kind of a War of the World style concept, and make it in a really in one household in the middle of nowhere, and still create that that effect that this is happening to the world. I I just think he's very clever at what he does, and certainly a big influence. To be honest, even when we did *Be Adored*, there are certain elements of Of M. Night Shyamalan work in there I mean we just wanted to find a great location we found a beautiful place in Wales Mm -hmm. Um, we had a really good cameraman and we just knew it would look beautiful Um, and within doing that because like I said the brief was you know about three or four actors one location low budget you have to be like really savvy with how you do that so at least you know if it's going to look great you're off to a good start and then if you do know how many actors and how many locations are in it it does actually start Helping you in terms of how are you going to create this thing, um, and M Night Shyamalan work very often uh, is, is set in very few locations. So I did restudy his stuff at the time. Cool.
0: Brilliant. Okay, well this is the alpha round. We're going to find out if there's any alpha tools you can share with us and things that have helped you. Have you got a specific favourite book or book of the month, or just a book that you think would be worth recommending? It can either be just your all-time favourite book, or um, if there are any books to do with creative writing or writing, is there any that spring to mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I was a bit younger, um, my first book I ever read, sort of outside of school, so sort of a book that I didn't have to read, mm-hmm. um, was *The Wasp Factory* by Ian Banks. Okay. Um, and it's an interesting, like, it's a very interesting book, and it actually did, I think, looking back, make me want to write novels. So I didn't know I wanted to do it necessarily as a career, but I thought, you know, I really want to have a go at doing this. Um, yeah. Because it's just set like just off Scotland, and it's one little kid. Who lives with his dad, and it's so remote. Yet, like this kid, even when he's out in the bunker playing with his toys and things like his soldiers, the way he sees them fight, he explains it like it's a real sort of war. Yeah. Um. So that kind of thing was quite mind blowing to see. that something that was nothing could be something huge and vast, just depending how you explained it and how you wrote it. Um. So that was an influential book for me. Um. But I'm reading a book at the moment. From one of my favorite authors, uh, it's a guy called Khaled Husseini who wrote, um, Khaled Husseini wrote The Kite Runner and okay. Bended yeah. Sons. Yeah, I mean, such tragic storylines he takes, but his language is so beautiful. Um, and he recently, I say recently, probably a year or two ago now, he released And the Mountains Echoed, which was his third novel. Um, and I'm halfway through that, and man, it's so well written. I mean, it's he really is a master. Um, and that's a
0: really enjoyable read right now. Quality. Okay. What would you say is one of your personal habits that keeps you on, keeps you on this path of writing and enthused about it and just being productive? Is there anything that springs to mind? I, honestly, like in the
1: nicest possible way, I'm quite obsessive and quite obsessed about what I do, yeah. um, which helps, actually, because you do need a relentless... Uh, energy and you have to yeah. keep going even <laughs> out, outside of a day job and you know even when you're tired and things aren't necessarily going so well yeah dealing, with, dealing with
0: people like me before work uh, yeah. <laughs> early yeah. in the morning. <laughs>
1: but, um you know you I don't think you can do that unless you absolutely love something I just think if someone had sat me down even when I thought about writing and said look this is what you're going to have to do and they listed what I was going to have to do to get even to where I am I probably would have said, you know what, well, can't be bothered. Because <laughs> if you see it in front of you, like, it's yeah. quite daunting. But it has to be, you know, it's, it is my lifestyle. Like, I, I couldn't go for a day without writing something or promoting something. Or It's just in, in me now. It's in my blood. So just that obsessive thing about my work, I think.
0: Are there any resources or tools or things that you
1: use that you could recommend? I think it's a great resource, but you can just go online now and find a script. Um, for any film that you've seen and loved, and then you can just read the script. Oh,
0: break it down. Yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: like, you know, years ago, um, it used to be really difficult to do that. Um, but now you've just got so much access. And I think, actually, if it was screenwriting you're into, the more scripts you can read for films that you love, actually, you'll learn so much from every single writer. They'll have little quirks and traits that you think, actually, that's an amazing way to do it. Um, and over time, you just piece together your own writing style. So, yeah, and I think um as well, uh, for example, there was a film that uh, did really well at the awards this year, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Um, and again, Wes Anderson as a filmmaker is one of he's in my top five undoubtedly. Um, but when you read his script and you watch his film, you just see that everything is planned and everything is written. Nothing happens by chance in his films. It's all so, you know, precise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think even if you're learning that you know how important the script is uh that's a big lesson as well um so i would yeah i would definitely say just keep reading
0: cool well along with that good advice what's some of the best advice you've ever received
1: um it's a good question because i mean i literally am someone that one of my gripes in life is i feel like there, have, there hasn't been enough guidance for someone who wants to be a writer like it's been brick wall after brick wall you know, I had my careers day at school and they told me my ideal job was working in a place called Wilden's Tools and that's a tool shop um, in job. <laughs>
0: that was
1: my that was my life So that's what you're telling to a fifteen year old, you know. Um and so set
0: the bar height, man. Dude. Yeah,
1: so saying what your best advice is is quite tricky for me because yeah. a lot of what I do is because there's not advice out there. Yeah. Um in fact we set Termworks Media is set up by me and one other guy. And the whole purpose of it is to actually help writers try and learn their way as they're, as they're going, because you get, you get agents and you get publishers, but there's, there's nothing that kind of fills that gap in between. Whereas when you know you want to do something and there's no one to talk to, we, we are trying to create ways to teach what actually needs to be done, what steps you need to take to yeah. really take things seriously. Um, so I'm so sorry, but I off the top of my head I can't remember much good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's all right, no worries. Okay. Um what is it well, you mentioned it earlier though. Um what is some of the best ways people can get in touch with you if they want to find out more? You mentioned so, it, but
1: yeah. I mean I'm very active on social media. Um so for me sort of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the main sort of Uh, usual suspects really I use all of them Um, you can just come to the website and fire any questions over penworksmedia.co.uk always keen to talk to people Um, whether you're a writer that's quite established and you want to maybe switch from film to novels or the other way around or if you're just if you're a school kid and you just think I actually am quite inspired by something I want to learn how it works I'm always happy to talk I mean, because I was in that position before
0: Finally then who would you recommend I should interview next on Awaken Your Alpha? It could be someone from your network, ideally, and then maybe someone and you'd like to listen into that show if they came on.
1: I tell you, um, there's an incredible musician who was quite idle for years. Like I've known him for about four years, and he had such a beautiful voice, and he really could play. Um, and I was on at him saying you need to be out playing every week gigs and put you yeah. you your music out there, but. I think he was one of those, he had the talent and he was very good actually at promoting other people. But when it came to himself, I don't know whether it was a shyness factor or a lack of belief, He just wouldn't do it. But now finally, he's got a good manager. He's sort of out doing things all the time. Um, He's called Rosenchild. Um, His name's Alex M.A., but he performs under Rosenchild. And he, I would love to hear an interview of him because he's now on the path i think making it in the music industry and i think that'd be useful to a lot of people as
0: well cool i'm going to squeeze in a little complete blank around where you have to complete the blanks for me and just uh, finish the sentence just so we find out a little bit more this of digs below the surface then okay if i was ever to visit your hometown or devon that kind of area i should
1: visit all the beaches that's the one thing i missed when i when i moved to london uh, especially when the sun was out and I would see all these people congregating in sort of parks and grass areas. I found it really strange because <laughs> where I come from, like it's as soon as the sun's out, you'll go to the beach. And we've yeah. got How close we said, to the
0: beach were you growing
1: up? Um, about a 15 to 20 minute drive away from like Saunton and then you've
0: got Croyd, Putts, We've got like a real wealth of amazing beaches. Yeah. What Isn't, would you say then if, okay, so you're in Devon then and the sun comes out, what would be your number one beach to go to? What would the, you know, the local knowledge? I love Puttsburgh.
1: Puttsburgh. Puttsburgh. it's called. And it's, it's one of those beaches that to get to it is a real pain because uh, you have to like toot your horn all the time because the roads are so narrow. Yeah. Every time there's a car coming the other way, one of you has to back up and it's like a nightmare <laughs> to get to, but it's kind of worth it. It's one of those sort of life's hidden treasures, really. Oh, uh, um,
0: awesome. <laughs> your best friend would describe you as? It would
1: be determined or ambitious, I would hope they would say. Cool. Okay. <laughs> the last
0: time you were drunk was last weekend. Anything of note or just a, a weekend? <laughs> um, well, it wasn't. I mean, I don't. It's no longer a
1: weekly occurrence for me. But there's been a few weddings and things. Um, I was gonna say, maybe. yeah, that's
0: that's growing up. That's the same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So it was my girlfriend's friend's wedding. So yeah. we went there and it was lovely. All about
0: weddings nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> it is. yeah. Awesome. Okay, you upset people by being too honest okay that that comes up, that comes <laughs> up a lot <laughs> yeah okay and then finally what is your favourite movie and why of all time um
1: it has to be one I, I would say Chinatown um ah just because the performances in it are absolutely through the roof but it's just so complex and the way it's written there's so many layers to it and even when you analyse it all these sort of years later it's almost a complete perfect script and a perfect film i think
0: awesome well it seems like a a good good way to end the show as i say thank you so much for starting your day have a good one and it's been an absolute pleasure oh thank you so much adam fun. no worries awaken 2016 Robert Greene is secured as our big name coming to the event, the New York Times best-selling author of Mastery, The 50th Law with 50 Cent, and his best known book, The 48 Laws of Power, May the 27th and 28th. So head over to ayalpha.com forward slash awaken.